What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to the So Many Goals podcast. I'm your host Dan and this week I'm joined by Mr. Sean Barton. On this episode, it's pretty simple, we'll be discussing the World Cup now that every team has played their first game in their groups. First off, Sean, how are you? No, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You enjoying the World Cup so far? Yeah, mate. Sitting in the office all the time. Had a, had a nice pint through one of them perfect draft machines at the bus port the other week. So, oh. absolutely delightful. Um, Living the, the dream. The games were shit today, though. But um, mm, today was the best. Footy at like one o'clock. It's glorious. Yeah, yeah. Ten o'clock, one o'clock, four o'clock, mm. seven o'clock. You can't really go it's a wrong routine, with these. Though. Love it. I know exactly. It's great. You get into work, and within an hour, you're watching a football match. It's. Uh, <laughs> enjoy it whilst it's on but uh, yeah like you said some of the games have been a bit poor we've seen I think we just said didn't we four nil nil so far which is not particularly what you want to see in the World Cup but um, obviously with us both you know uh, supporting England uh, and obviously Wales being it not only at the World Cup but in our group I feel like there's no better place to start than than with England and, and Wales um, we'll start off with England because um, yeah I was really pleased with our performance feels like it was ages ago even though it's only a couple of days given how many matches there have been but yeah England one of the first teams to play and I think we put down a we really showed what we can do I think so I know like you know don't get me wrong it was against a, a fairly weak Iran whose heads I think fully fell off after the three goals went in quite quickly wasn't it like, towards the end of the first half yeah. if it was three nil all of a sudden um, and that was enough to do, you know, deflate anybody, particularly with a really brutal injury to their keeper as well. But um, yeah, I loved seeing the new four three three. I think we did a podcast previously, didn't we, where we said that we assumed he would stick with the five at the back. Um, proved us both wrong, and has gone with a four, which I yeah, as I say, I loved seeing that um, with Bellingham in that three with Rice and Mount, and then Saka, Sterling, and Kane, who all three of them had incredible games. Um, but I want to sort of highlight Jude Bellingham um, because he opened the scoring um, with a with a pretty decent header, actually, to be fair. Um, and, you know, he's 19 years old and he's just pulling the strings, isn't he, in that midfield? It's amazing to see. Um, and, yeah, I think he could have a... He's already having a good tournament, obviously, with getting a goal, but I feel like this could be a really, you know, a, a monumental for him, basically, with uh, playing. And he, he won't miss a game now if he's fit. Or maybe if we get through and we rest him, he'll play. But uh, incredible to see how well he's done in his first game. So, yeah, he free, basically a free roll, pretty much. He was all over the place. Um, and that gave the likes of, and the, the formation as well, gave the likes of Saka and Sterling the ability to you know get into good positions and ultimately pick up three goals between them. So, uh, 
yeah, I think you predicted that Saka, or you said that you, you thought Saka should start, and it looks like you were right in the end. I mean, he's flying high with Arsenal at the moment, and yeah. he's, he's quite crucial to that. Um, I was just happy to see that he wasn't deployed as a left wing back or some bullshit like that, because you you sacrifice yeah, so I much agree. of his game there. But yeah, he's. Um, I was really. I mean, as he said, it, it's it's only Iran, um, and we're you know, pardon the pun, not going to run away with that oh, one result. Sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you oh, got to get it in there. I literally yeah, just absolutely. thought of that one as well. I ain't got any um, any jokes written down, so I'm very happy with that. <laughs> um, but they are 20th after FIFA rankings. I mean, based off how Belgium played yesterday, FIFA rankings mean absolutely fuck all. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. But ultimately, it's it, it was a good game. I think, you know, we'll, we'll get on to the negatives, which I, I do think there was there's quite a few that we really need to sharpen up on. But um, the formation, first of all, is is making use of the kind of plethora of attacking talent that we have. Um, you know, Declan Rice, for example, I, I know a lot of people were saying he was probably our worst player, but he had to sacrifice so much of his usual game of being the main man for West Ham to literally just sit in and, you know, pick up balls and play simple ones to your more yeah. creative players such as Mount, even Saka and then, you know, Kane dropping deep as he always does, had a had a good game yeah. because of that. So yeah. I quite like the idea that we're we're not playing to all these players' strengths. We're doing it for the sake of the team. So Jude Bellingham was given free reign because of that and, you know, it just goes to show man, he he's gotta start every game. He's got to be yeah. involved in every little aspect of that team. So, um, I w- I was just really really happy with the lineup. I, f- I saw Maguire. We knew he was we knew he was, was going to start, but what a better game to get a bit of confidence, a uh, bit of match fitness because he hasn't really played that much for uh, United recently. But I don't think he put a foot wrong. To be honest, he maybe was at fault for the first goal, but people were saying he was concussed, and I'm like. I wouldn't even be able to defend the goal fully, um, <laughs> fully, fully, fully yeah. conscious. So yeah, you know, yeah, hats exactly. off to him. Apparently, he was seeing shapes and shit and whatever. But I think he had a good game. He hit the crossbar. He assisted the yeah, Jude Bellingham exactly. goal, I believe. Yeah, no, the header it, down. It was Saka, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, that he assisted. But and find me a better centre back that's towering like that at the moment. You know, he he's, no, he, he's just he's done that a very for good player. In the last um, against Panama, didn't he? When we beat them, I think six one. He just seems to be able to get onto stuff and has a slightly different. You don't really see him doing that for Man United, but obviously uh, Gareth Southgate is really um, stressed at the importance of set pieces um, yeah. and generally seem to see Stones and Maguire getting onto stuff. So I agree. Uh, you know, when I saw him in the the, the lineup, I kind of we kind of knew it was going to happen, uh, but at the same time, I can't say it was too overly happy that he was he was starting yeah. over the, maybe the likes of Ben White but he proved me wrong and had a great mm. game so you know it was it was good and who knows you know Kane's gonna there was an injury scare for Kane looks like he's fit now which is great um I haven't really heard much about Maguire if he is concussed there's a rule isn't there is it 10 days or something you're not allowed to but so anyway we'll see what happens with yeah. uh with him but yeah I agree with you man it was um it's a great performance all round as you mentioned there, there there was elements of it that I think where we were a little bit sloppy I feel like the game was won but just those two goals I think we didn't, didn't need to happen concede. did they yeah exactly um, yeah and honestly I still stand by it I still think Tamori should have been on that plane and for me he starts um 
I would sacrifice the kind of aerial dominance that Maguire provides because Tamori's more of a all-rounder. Um, you know, you can give him the ball and he can create something from nothing. And I, I still stand by it. But you know, if Maguire's going to put performances like that in for England, then you know, as we said from the beginning of the World Cup, we'll support them no matter what. Um, you know, here's me speaking about how Saka, how well Saka played. Do you know what I mean? It's it's totally yeah. different when they put that shirt on because it's it, it's it's for England. Do you know what I mean? It goes out the window, all rivalries yeah, and stuff. Of, in my of opinion, course. Yeah. And you know, seeing you know, say on Twitter, for example, everyone's complimenting Kane, and it, it's it's lovely to see because he's he's like one of our best players that we've had in a while, and he's overshadowed by the fact he a plays for Tottenham, b he's not won anything. Um, other than the coveted Audi Cup, but um, <laughs> you know, ultimately that yeah. he's just putting all that to the back of his head because he's not stupid, man. Like he he knows that, but to kind of be one of the best in his position in the world, he's he's just using it as fuel, man. Um, and it just re- only really went to show how important he is to the setup that we have, and you know how well we played um, on Monday when. There was that injury scare, as you mentioned, and yeah. you know it's almost like you you go through Twitter, and Twitter's not a fair account of football and opinion at all, but it gives you some sort of insight of what your you know your Tommy and your Timmies are thinking about, and you know people with half a football brain would think, yeah. and they're all like, "Yep, yeah, I really hope he's back fit because he was keeping that game ticking for us." He obviously got two assists as well which is great he didn't have any shots on target and i think betting company put a special on for yeah. him to like 0.5 goals uh shots on target or something like that and yeah like, sure bet but he, he had none <laughs> i think every single person who put a bet on on monday for england would have had it somewhere in it came to score my, my bet builder yeah but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so not uh, that we condone betting don't bet yeah, no, yeah, um, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with the with what you say with his two assists. He just he links up the play so well. He's just not you like he is a traditional centre forward in the sense that he scores goals, um, but he also drops back so and so far he creates goals and links up the play as you mentioned. And it's yeah, he's key to the way Gareth Southgate wants to play. So we need to keep him fit. And you know, if, if you play tomorrow and we get to a position where we are hopefully in a comfortable position. Get him off, get him wrapped in cotton wool, and, and even if it means him not playing against Wales, um, which I'm sure he would want to, um, it doesn't matter to me if we're through yeah. the latter stages are the most important thing. And that kind of leads me on nicely to a point I wanted to make about our bench. Um, you know, th- we had uh, Grealish, Rashford, uh, and Wilson, as well as Foden. Foden didn't actually do, you know get a score or assist, but all the other three did, which was incredible to see. You got Grealish picking up a last minute goal, being assisted by Wilson, who was incredibly selfless there to square it over to him and Rashford scoring within 40 or 50 seconds of coming on the pitch and it, it just goes to show how much strength we do have now and how many yeah. options we have and how we can change up the play and change different styles because obviously Grealish going down the left is a very sort of different kind of player to what Sterling was doing down that left-hand side and Rashford is is very explosive and, and you know bags of pace. Wilson is the same so you know we, we're not uh, short of options which is just you know our, our squad in, in my opinion uh is i don't want to say second to none but it's it's up there as one of the best i think it's well balanced every position is pretty strong and although we don't maybe have two world-class players in every position we've got two 
very good players in almost every position apart from really left back, haven't we? So in some cases yeah. you've got four right backs, for example. So <laughs> one all right left back, but yeah, yeah. Luke Shaw played very well. Yeah, he did have a good game. Well, he, so. he was he assisted Jude Bellingham for the first goal, didn't he? And it was a nice little ball into the box, and he he could do that. Um, I just think that's the one position where we may be a bit, um, yeah, a bit lacking. Let's just say if anything does happen to Shaw, which I you know I hope it doesn't then that would be the only position. But let's, you know, not, not look at the negatives in terms of the, the squad. They all did exceptionally well. And so, yeah, um, you know, I'm just looking at the stats and I've just been, you know, 75% possession to their 25, plenty of shots on targets, plenty of corners, you know, a good attacking performance all around. So um, we've mentioned, we assumed that the formation was going to be five at the back. Do you think that if we get through the groups and we'll play the, if we win our group, this is all, it, you know assumption but if we do win our group we'll play the runner-up of either Netherlands Ecuador Qatar or Senegal who I think we should again beat them but then if we go through and it carries on the way we could get France which would be our first say really tough match do you think he might revert back to the five at the back or do you think he'll he'll want to get try and this time maybe go toe-to-toe because maybe Italy in the, in the final we, we we scored the early goal and I feel like we should have maybe put the game to bed and tried to continue going forward but he he does sort of have a bit of a cautious mindset Gareth Southgate maybe it's because he was a defender I'm not too sure but in my opinion he should continue with this 4-3-3 regardless of who we're playing I don't know what what you think about that well we we were talking about players having sacrificed the game and you know for the to allow players like Jude Bellingham Saka Mason Mount Sterling etc push forward and and play their game you you can't do that against better teams you know you've mentioned france you've mentioned italy i mean italy aren't in the world cup so fuck italy um countries like france you know where if we play france for example we can't deploy the same kind of tactic that we had against iran because we just get ripped apart um we expect to have a lot of the ball against a team like iran you know 75 percent possession is you know you expect that in any other team, any other um, international match, for example, yeah. you know, we versus San Marino on our yearly uh, fixture, for example, and you expect to see a lot of the ball, so you can dedicate men forward. But I'd like to think that he'd deploy four at the back, but he he won't. He really, you, really you won't. Think, yeah. um, he'll, as you said, whether it's this defensive part of his brain, which is thinking, I want you know, cover there, so he'd play Walker as a right centre-back, um, you know, he'd have Stones, Maguire, maybe Dyer rotated in there, I'm, I'm not too sure, and, you know, I think Ben White's too good as a right-back to be played at centre-back at this time, but um, we've, that's the reason why he's brought such depth in that position, I think. Um, it surprised me and you both to see four at the back, but we might see it against the US because I don't think they're that strong. They've got some good players, but I still feel like if we play the same players that we played on Monday against the US tomorrow, we'll win comfortably um, just with the kind of free-flowing football and the sacrifice from Rice to kind of sit in and just sweep up. It's it's unbeatable, but um, the latter stages, it will revert to that more solid, close-knit defensive unit and you know, it's boring football, man, but if it, it got us to a semi-final and a final last time, so it, it can't be that bad. Um, and, and let's not forget, we still had good games in those runs, such as like Denmark, Germany, 
you know I mean games that we all remember very very well and you know sit quite fondly in my heart with it but um, I won't look back and think if we win the World Cup I won't go yeah but he played five at the back he could play fucking seven at the back and if it wins us these games I I really couldn't give a rat's ass so um, it's a very good no it's a it's a very good point that you make in that you know if we win these games then you know who gives a shit what formation or whatever he plays but um yeah it's i just would like to see us continue to 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 go at teams and not become the sort of like you know away team as it were you know that's sitting back and just hoping for a mistake or whatever do you in a feel game, maybe but... that if we had iran last or maybe second do you feel like it's a bad thing that we've had them first because we've been able to have this showcase of what we can do, knowing that I, we won't consistently do that? I don't know. I, I think it was maybe, yeah, but I, I think it's good to to go into the to World Cup with that sort of more attacking mindset. If we'd have had a more, you know, a, diff, a more difficult game um, at either of the other two teams, basically, if we had one of them first... And he's gone a bit defensive, and it and it hadn't quite worked out. It might then be quite different to change a mindset because he's obviously been training with that formation. He's obviously got them all ready for it. So I think you know you you go into the first game of the the tournament with that attacking mindset. Yeah, we're going to play with Bellingham. Rice is going to do this. Saka, they're going to all, and they've got it in their minds that we're going to be a bit more on the front foot. I think that's, in my opinion, it's it's the right way to look at any match. As I said, you know, I'm fairly convinced our squad is is up there as, as one of the best when you look at all the players we've got i thought I we think... have the best squad essentially yeah, yeah brazil earlier well. on today and you know you, you kind of see the players that were coming off the bench for them is is quite reminiscent of the way our players came off you know Grealish came on and as you said he got a last minute win, um last minute goal not a winner yeah. um marcus rashford scored with his first three touches of the game and it was a, a very comfortable goal that he scored Phil Foden's world class and Callum Wilson assisting and his movement is is second to none. So yeah, yeah. I feel I look I haven't looked at another team and thought, oh, so and so is coming on. You know, Brazil they brought on Anthony, they brought on Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli. You just think fucking hell, but it's I have that have I have never had that same feeling with England where I think that we're actually you know, we've joked and we've said you know it's coming home and all this shit, but it's like it's comfortable now to say it you know it's almost like you've you've written an essay about something and you've constructed this really concise argument and it's all been researched and metaphorically for the team now they've had the experience what we would say uh you know players like Kane for example some people still think Kane's 24 years old no he's he's 29 now he's experienced he likes these big games we've got seasoned winners in players like Trippier and John Stones and you know we've got resilient players like Jordan Pickford that in his head he knows he's England's number one even though his club form's never really been that great but it seems to all be tying quite nicely together and I've said this to a few people and it's been greeted with you've only just beat Iran calm down it's like yes but you can only beat what's in front of you as as you've said that Mm. it's it's you know what do you what do you want us to do ask for the bigger teams like it's just not going to happen you, no, you get exactly. drawn into these games and i think tomorrow's a big game and i think tuesday's a big game and you know wales aren't going to be pushed over same with the us but i think we can go into it thinking that we can 
comfortably win these games without any issues. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, I mean, see, seeing teams like Germany lose against Japan, you watch these games and you just think they've never looked. They weren't comfortable in those games, and Japan are lower rated than Iran, for God's sake. And you know, yeah. I feel like if we were to play that Japan Japanese team, we'd be comfortable because the team kind of know each other. You look at all these other national squads, and it's fragmented pieces of selections it's not consistent and we've always moaned that oh my god why is for example uh conor gallagher going why is calvin phillips going because they've been in and around the team for quite some time now and jordan henderson probably won't get a game but what a, a leader to have in the in the group do you know what i mean so i feel like that's one thing that we've definitely got over teams where it will get to a point where these things will become quite significant variables and ultimately it will benefit us and hopefully win us more games go as far as we possibly can that that's all i want you know good football absolutely um and to and not come away disappointed absolutely and the, the thing is a lot, i've heard it as well you know we, we can't get too ahead of ourselves because it is only iran but like you've just said iran are ranked 20th in the world and in the fifa rankings sorry and that's the highest rated asian side and when you think you've got teams like you know, south korea japan and all that who are South Korea, I know for the mugs, they've got pretty pretty good players, and yet Iran are ranked higher than them, and then we've got Wales, who are 19th, and the USA, who are 16th, and as you said, you know, I, if you could, if I could hand-pick a, the group, you know, for for England, I'd choose the three lowest-ranked teams to give us the, the best chance Absolutely. of going through. I'm not going to put Brazil, France, and Belgium in there just because I want to see us play good teams. Like, we probably, if we get further, we will end up playing those teams, and it's the same way in the Champions League when you see the draw. You want to be getting the Club Bruges or the Benficas, and no disrespect to those teams, but you don't want to be getting PSG or Real Madrid or whatever. You you want to be getting through the stages with the easiest possible run, regardless of how you... If you win a tournament that way, it's fine. You know, you've won a tournament at the end of the day, so... We don't look back yeah. at Italy's run. I can't remember who Italy faced on the way to the final. I mean, it, it yeah. means absolutely nothing because you, you're just looking at the end result and I would... In my lifetime, I would love us to win a World Cup or a Euros. Like, I, 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 you know what I mean? I just I, I remember seeing the Euro yeah, final yeah, yeah. just thinking, oh my God, we could win this. And, you know, there's just this ecstasy that you just feel that, you you know, we were so close there. And I think now for that, you know, these are the players that took it there and, you know, how mentally exhausting it is to get to a semi-final and then to a final it's almost like things yeah. coming free and I just fucking it would hope. it would yeah <laughs> it would kill hoping. it would kill you uh, yeah, to semi-final then the final that not kill but I mean like it would, it would motivate you, you so again? much yeah how do you how do you go again but yes, you, this but... is why this this set of players are just so you, know, you see all the social media stuff and I know that it's engineered to be happy-go-lucky etc but they genuinely look like a team that you know get on pretty well with each other and you know despite the rivalries for god's sake it, you you think jesus christ how is you know saka going to assist kane and vice versa it's like how does that make any sense in your brain but yeah it's, it's like the golden generation you know yeah. the golden generation we had like what was that? i saw a, a picture before of skulls gerard lampard and beckham as your four midfielders and you're thinking that is <laughs> that's incredible midfield and but the problem was they all fucking hated each other so there was never that real sense of team team uh, team players or whatever you want to you call it on the pit on the pitch. It was just individuals and 
I was I heard that you know the United lads used to go and sit on one table and eat their dinner, and the Liverpool would be on another, the Chelsea or whatever, and there was just no togetherness. I think is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Of so, course, so now it's completely the opposite, and I think you need that in an international setup. And you know that they look like they they all get on, you know, and they score, they all celebrate together. There's no um, animosity between each other. Saka would happily assist um, Kane, and I'm sure Kane would happily assist Saka. It meant that at the end of the tournament. We we came home winners, and you know let's not get too too big for our boots at this point. It, we've only played one game, um, but you know it's it was pretty convincing, and I was happy with it. You know exactly. So. And you, the this competition has really been starved of goals. You know, as you said, we've we've seen four draws, goalless draws. Yeah, 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 yeah. They weren't good games. You know, they weren't entertaining. And this is why you watch all the football is because you 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 want to be entertained with these other teams. So. Um, the fact we're able to even score, let alone do six times in the hit the ball into the back of net six times, is amazing. But as we said, we don't want to concede too. But you know, we, we move on from that and hopefully yeah. tighten it up at the back. And you know, I'd love to see you know potentially Ben White start at right back. I couldn't fault Kieran Trippier, his second highest creator in the Prem at the moment, behind Kevin De Bruyne. So you know that yeah, that exactly. speaks volumes from a position that's deeper. Um, on the pitch, yeah. but we, exactly. we definitely benefit from having big personalities in the squad, to say the least. Yeah. So, I mean, our next game is uh, tomorrow, um, seven o'clock, the USA. Amazing, it's on a Friday at seven. Just going to be loving it. So, beers, burgers, <laughs> yeah. bitches, all, all, all the bees, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be fucking brilliant. So. Um, as we've just said, it's the USA, and at 10 a.m. there's Iran Wales, which could really determine whether we go through or not. If if they draw, uh, and we get another win, then we go through as group winners, which would be sensational. Um, so that could potentially happen. Uh, but we'll talk about Wales USA anyway, because obviously that was the game that has happened. We can actually look back on it. I personally thought that USA would do a bit better. They definitely played the better football in the first half. But then, you know, couldn't find the goals. And it, then they did manage to get just the one Pulisic putting it through to, to where And it was a tidy finish, actually, to be fair. Um, but I think that the manager, Rob Page, sort of openly admitted he, he got it a little bit wrong. And no disrespect to Dan James, that's what he said. But he thought Kiefer Moore, he's a big, you know, was he 6'5", came on, held the ball Pop up well. And, well man. Yeah, yeah. And, and he just, it was the difference that they needed. And then in the second half, they were they were way better. And I know it took a late sort of penalty to, to get them the point, but I think it was well-deserved in the end. And, you know, I, I, I would rather the US, uh, sorry, uh, Wales go through than the USA, you know, just because they're, 100%. just because, you know, they're, they're British side and, you know, I'd, I've got a lot of time and respect for Gareth Bale. I think he's a great player and he's always been brilliant for Wales. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm quite happy that we're playing them last, um, you know, but, but yeah, they they play pretty well actually. To be fair, I think they you know they they probably would struggle a little bit because their team is you know Ram even Ramsey was looking a little bit sluggish and you know he's yeah, meant to be up there as like the, the, the second be best Ramsey. player in that squad yeah. and Bale when when in the first half he was so isolated up there there was no service to him and the team does drop off quite significantly really when you go past even just Bale because Ramsey is not the player that he was when he was playing really well for Arsenal. I think going to Juve, getting all that money, going to Rangers last season, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just not the player he was. So stinks, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, not a, at the yeah. same time, you, you, we mentioned about these big egos in the team, you know, Aaron Ramsey, 
was class for Arsenal. Amazing player. Um, Gareth Bale, probably one of the, if not the best, um, UK-based player ever. Um, and then we, we see players like Neko Williams that had a, an amazing game under the radar, recently been sold by Liverpool. And, you know, I'm sure you saw it as well. He, just before the game, he found out his granddad had died. So, yeah, yeah. he's, yeah. he's emotional used that. for him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's used that as like, I'm going to put in a great performance here. And he played his absolute heart out, bless him. And, you know, it kind of goes to show then like, wow, they've actually got quality players. Um, looking at the team now, the two Tottenham boys in the centre-back positions in Ben Davies and Joe Roden. I know Joe Roden's at Stade Ren on loan just to get some game time. Yeah. And Ben Davies has played most games for Tottenham, so um, it'll be hard on Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I'm like I said, I think we'll we'll win, but it, it won't be an easy game. Um, I look at you know the goalkeeper, for example, Wayne Hennessy is not great, and who else have they got? They have got Danny Ward, who you know stinks out of the place. He's, um, he's done a, re- recently. He's done a bit better for Leicester, but I, yeah. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not. Wouldn't wouldn't be my second choice, let alone first choice. But yeah. you know, Kiefer Moore, if they start him, man, he will bully our centre backs, hundred percent. And yeah, he's not scared of he's, anyone. He's yeah. he's part of this like exclusive club of non-league footballers making it, and they're just amazing players. You, you see people like Mikel Antonio, amazing player, big, strong, doesn't give a fuck. Jamie Vardy, dare I say more about Jamie Vardy, is absolute class player. So Kiefer Moore's came from nothing and you know, nothing football. Um had an amazing game against Tottenham prior to the World Cup. Um and you know, Dan James you're starting with Dan James up front, bro. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> to start Kiefer Moore, he's a yeah. he's a massive yeah, yeah. bloke and you know, it's quite concerning that Rob Page has came out and said yeah, I made a mistake there because usually when someone makes a mistake and they point it out, they don't make the mistake again. <laughs> so, you know, expect to see Kiefer more against Iran and I'd expect to yeah. see him against us as well. So yeah. for me, that's quite concerning. But the US, you you did mention prior to them, in, you know, even playing, you said, looking at the team, you know, they've got some pretty good players in there. You, you Tyler Adams, who was playing for RB Leipzig last year and, playing for Leeds this year who's a, a decent player Matt Turner just joined Arsenal from the MLS and pretty decent backup goalkeeper from what I've seen him play in the Europa League um, Pulisic uh, Weston McKenney from Juventus as well so not a team to really be messed with it's, it's in that not, sense, is it? but absolutely um, do they have the you know the experience required to really make a mark on the competition I don't really think so because as soon as Wales got to the wise of it, they were dominating them. Do you know what I mean? It's the fact that Wales let themselves get into that position because they had quite poor players like Daniel James playing. Um, so, again, it's these second games now that have teams sort of figured out. Um, so they'll look at England and they'll probably move a couple of chess pieces and hope to catch us off guard. But, um, you know, just praying yeah. <laughs> praying really that they you know play quite poor football like they did in that second half against You're Wales. right if if Wales can figure them out and re- realize that yeah we, we need to put a big man up top and it, it's just quite a simple change really you know but it taught sorry it, um 
the USA didn't know how to respond. So, you know, and whether that's down to their coach, whether it's down to the players, uh, I'm not really too sure because you've just said they've got a good, relatively good squad there, you know, 1 to 11. The bench is a bit weak, but they're not they're not bad players. But, you know, Wales, they, they did really well in the second half. So um, I think tomorrow we'll probably look to see England probably dominate the ball. I would be very surprised if he made any changes or, or many, maybe doesn't really need to because of how well we played but you know Mova Maguire's got the you know coming come back from that head injury that he suffered maybe we'll see a bit of a change at the back but in the way that we play I think it'll be very similar and, and I'd be very surprised if um you know we, we we come away with that with anything other than a win so it'll be I'm looking forward to it either way and on from Wales's perspective you know we'll we'll know the result of their game by midday tomorrow so we'll know how they what they need to get to get through the group but again I think there was an interview with Rob Page. I think it was, I think it was during half time of the Brazil game, and they were saying like, you know, do you think you'll make many changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he said, look, you know, I stick with players that have been loyal to me. You saw the change I made at half time, and he kind of alluded to the fact that it would most likely be Kiefer Moore playing now. He feels like that's the best option up front rather than trying to shoehorn either Gareth Bale or Daniel James up there, play them in more of their natural positions or or in Daniel James's case, not at all. Maybe bring him on as a pacey winger towards the end if you need to get a, you know, a goal against tired legs because uh, he is rapid. But it sounded like he was going to stick with um, the team that came out for the start of the second half with just Kiefer Moore in for Dan James. So, yeah, I think, you know, they, they, they punch above their weight whales as well, don't they? You know, a few years ago beating Belgium and... Stuff like that. Um, Hal Robson Carney with a the good team. incredible turn and that Robson goal that he scored. Yeah. yeah. Boy, boy. So it was, uh, you know, they, they always tend to punch up the way. I don't know if that's like the Welsh sort of spirit or whatever it might be. I don't want to sound too cringy, but, you know, they, they, they do well. So I, I would be, um, if I was going to put money on it, I'd say England to win the group and, and Wales to come second. And I, you know, I, yeah. I, I did I say agree. in yeah. a previous podcast that I thought USA would be the overachievers based on the squad and, and the you know the, the country seemed to actually they've taken a shitload of fans you know to the to the world cup and they were pretty vocal during the game but um i guess if the quality isn't there then um you know maybe they won't do as well as i thought initially and from looking at their second half performance they just didn't seem to know what they were doing so so yeah um that'll be a good one to say tomorrow 10 a.m so probably have that on at some point and just keep on top of it maybe not a beer at that time maybe that's a bit too early but um it's, uh, who, it's 7 who knows? p.m somewhere you know what i'm saying yeah, exactly. get, get on it before the england game because that's yeah. gonna be a messy one but yeah exactly but you know all in all not not you know you don't want to lose your first game at you only play three games don't you in your group it's crazy, so, isn't it? and and you could be out of the tournament before you're even really fucking in it you know so um and yeah on that note i wanted to sort of you know, talk about some of the shock results that we've had because you mentioned there were a couple of you know sour matches, nil-nil games, pretty poor matches. But there have been some or two in particular that I really wanted to talk about with you: the uh, the Germany defeat to Japan and the Argentina defeat to um, Saudi Arabia. And I watched, I managed to catch that game on the train. Um, and in the first half, Argentina were uh, Saudi Arabia played such a high line. But it worked. It caught them offside. I think they had was it two or three disallowed goals. Three disallowed goals. Yeah. Three disallowed goals, and the only way that they managed to score was through for a penalty, which I, which um, was it. Graham Souness and Roy Key were really giving it to each other at half time. They were mm. very, yeah, it was very heated. But 
Um, but yeah, they only managed to score via a penalty, albeit they did play pretty well. I'm looking at the stats, 69% of the ball, nine shots off, five shots on target. Um, but Saudi Arabia just disrupted them. They they got six yellow cards throughout the game and they conceded 21 fouls, which is quite a high amount. Um, uh, you need to though, don't you? But that's it. That's, Disrupt the um... game, make it a bitty affair, you know, don't give Messi the time on the ball to run with it, Di Maria, etc., etc. And you know what the South Americans are like, they'll roll around and cry if you just tickle them. So, like, it worked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And the second goal, man, was really, really good, the second goal. It was it was incredible to see. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at... They've got Mexico next and Poland, who... They're no pushovers, man. You know, looking at the rankings here, Mexico are 13th. Uh, Poland are a bit... Fucking can't even find them. But Poland are... You know, they they had a bit of a poor game, didn't they, with, with Lewandowski missing that penalty. But they're ranked twenty sixth and you'd think that it should be the kick up the arse that they need. You know, you go into your first game maybe against a team that you think uh you know you should be beating and who are inferior to you. Um but they then lose the game. So I they'll either go one way or the other. Their heads will just fall off completely and they'd struggle and they might not win the game and go out the competition early or they'll go on and easily get through the groups because they'll win both of the remaining games. But they're not easy matches, man. From what I've seen, because obviously Poland are going to want get, to get, get through, aren't they? Lewandowski, it's sort of his last chance to really get Poland anywhere in the competition. And Mexico just you know, just want to get a decent result. So, I don't know. I think it's difficult with Argentina. Do you think they'll get through or do you think they're going to struggle and limp home at the group stage? They've got a, a very aged squad now. Um, the The manager seems to just have no fucking idea what he's doing. So, seeing <laughs> seeing Otamendi star at yeah. thirty four, like he was yeah. good for City, mate. But when you've got someone who's you know relatively in form at the moment in Lissandro Martinez not coming on until the fifty ninth minute, like whether it's his height, um, but you know he's had a big move in the summer. He's really come to his own in probably one of the most physical leagues in in football and, you know, really, really made a name for himself there. So seeing Otamende start is very much like, yeah, maybe you've gone for experience. Maybe he's seen the game for what it should be seen as, you know, Saudi Arabia. You know, what do you expect from that? Um, Christian Romero's a, a decent defender kind of infuriates me to see him play a full 90 minutes for Argentina when he can't even fucking be fit enough to play for Tottenham but yeah um, I did think that as well you know Angel Di Maria 34 now um Gomez he's 35 I think who play he, I think he used to play for Atalanta yeah. um quite a small bloke and you know Messi let's be honest he could play till he's 50 if he wanted he's, he's you know one of the best players in the world um but I, I do feel that this really, fa- you know, comes comes as a, a big factor to as to why they lost that game because they're very much you know trying to get around the pitch as you said Saudi Arabia had a very high line and nobody expected it, um, and it seems to be the case where these teams that are not favourites at all, when they're getting these chances, man, they're they're you know scoring the goals you know they had two shots on target and they got two goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If exactly. that doesn't scream clinical, then I don't know what does. You know, Argentina had five and never really looked threatening. Um, you know, they could have brought on players like Dybala 
they didn't. They could have brought on pacey players like Correa. They didn't. They could have brought on more mm. solid defenders like Foyth, like Martinez earlier on in the game. But, you know, the managers didn't have a fucking clue, mate. And yeah, you, didn't. you seem yeah. to think like, fair enough, it's only the first game, but you know, Brighter in form, bring on McAllister. Like, there's just n- none of it made sense to me. Um, Paredes is, is quite an old boy now in in regards to the footballing world. I think he's 31, 32. Yeah. So for me, it just it didn't have the energy that you expect to see from an Argentinian team. And to have a, a player like Messi coming in there who's not really known for his pressing and his running was the player that was getting around the pitch the most. So you, yeah. you're already sacrificing one of the world's best players actual talents because you've got all these fucking dinosaurs just lumbering around the pitch yeah yeah um and fair play to saudi ray because what a game it was two chances yeah. two amazing goals like that first goal would win goal of the month in any top yeah, league it was amazing he'd, he'd done like yeah. three players and scored yeah. an absolute curler top right you know and I, when i saw it i was like holy shit what a goal but which dickhead drew Argentina in the work sweepstake? <laughs> so, you know, it, that's yeah. why I'm so vocal about it because it's just so fucking typical. But yeah, yeah, fair play to Saudi Arabia. I think Argentina will pick up and they will rotate quite heavily there. Um, as yeah. I've said, you, you'll see, hopefully see players like Foyth come in who, who is known as playing as a right back for Villarreal and got quite far in the Champions League with them. Domestically is a solid... Um, defender and can get around the pitch as well um martin the striker martinez um lotaro martinez yeah he was quite unlucky with his his chances you know he obviously i think he's one of his goals are offside he'd done the keeper pretty well and oh, he's obviously yeah, a very yeah. very good player but that's nice um, you know integrate these players that have been you know known for their energy like i said alexis McAllister, he's quite a powerhouse for brighton so you know, play these players. You don't have to just because you know Rodrigo de Paul plays for Atletico Madrid that you need to play him. It's like no, just you know, stick with a tactic. Don't just jumble all these you know big shiny pieces together because what you'll get is not a masterpiece. You'll just get a fucking shiny pile of shit. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And Atamende, yeah. <laughs> do I dare say more? Like fuck me. No, no. I mean, you, you be mentioned before that. Place. He was good, at, and I think there were times where he was very good at sea, but there was always a case where I thought his head's fallen off here, and it was just a mm. bit of a, a bull in a china shop, just chasing things down, like running in, sliding in, and at 34, there must be better options, and as you've pointed out there, Lissandro Martinez has been having a great season for Man United, you know, I I did say at the beginning of the season, I, I, I guess at this point now, maybe I do need to hold my hands up and say I was wrong, that I thought he wouldn't be able to cope with the height I of some players. Exactly the same thing. And there have been times where he's been caught out, but I'd say most of the time he's been pretty solid, to be fair to him, regardless of his height. So I would have played him from the start rather than Otamendi, Romero, yep, fair enough. But as you've pointed out there as well, the, the team is ageing. I just had a look at who the oldest squads are in the, prem, in the Premier League at the World Cup. Uh, and you've got Iran, Mexico, then Argentina. So they've got the third highest average age squad and most of the 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 older elder statesmen let's say were on the pitch um and yeah it was just they i mean they dominated the game 
for large parts of it but at the end of the day you can have as much possession as you want as many shots as you want if you score fewer goals than the other t- you know than the, the opposition you lose the match and i think the only saving grace for them is that the mexico poland game was one of the four nil nils that we've had so far yeah, so they but... go in with zero points mexico and poland have got one saudi arabia on three if one of those teams had won in saudi arabia and one of Mexico and Poland were on three points, it's a bit of a struggle. But if they can beat both of those teams, given they drew, they should generally be okay. Because although Saudi Arabia had a fantastic result, will they be? Will they do it against Mexico and Poland? They might, but I think it, you know it'll be a bit difficult for them. Not only that, six of their players got yellow cards. If any of them pick up another one, they miss the third game as well. And I don't know if the depth is there for them. But you know, fair play to them. It was a great match, great result for them. Uh, and even if they don't go through, it's something that the Saudis will be talking about for years and years and years. So, so yeah, fair play to them. Um, another team who, or country, should I say, that also lost 2-1 were the Germans. And I think they're in a in more of a difficult situation, if I'm going to be honest with you, given uh, the fixtures that are upcoming. So they, obviously, as we know, lost to Japan. Very similar, sort of, in the way that they took the lead Japan come back with two goals, win the game, but the stats would suggest to you that Germany should have won that game at a canter. You know, 71% possession, 17 shots off target, eight on target. Um, you know, and it was it was quite incredible, really, because I unfortunately didn't get to see all of that game. But obviously I was keeping on top of it and I couldn't believe it when, when Japan uh, took the lead. Um, and I think, I don't know, you've seen, obviously, the, the fans cleaning up the stadium and the players cleaning up the dressing room. I, I quite like that. I think it's uh, nice a sense of humility. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, but yeah, I, you know, Japan, I just don't know how they managed to do it, but it was incredible, yeah. incredible to see, um, given the likes of, you know, that Germany have got Muller, Musiala, Havertz, Gundogan, Kimmich, all household names, really, in the whole of their start lineup. Antonio Rudiger as well in there. And yet you probably couldn't really name any of the of the Japan side, really. But yet it was, again, that sort of like drive, heart, spirit, got them over the line, got them the two goals. And I guess in the end, you'd probably say, didn't really deserve it, given what happened. No, it of was, course not. It and was an incredible result. Germany, again, are following that theme of you know bunch of granddads essentially <laughs> and yeah. what what really fathoms me is you've got they had players on their bench like Klosterman who's left back right back center center back for RB Leipzig and they decide to start Nicolas Sula at right back which just makes absolutely no sense because if he's a utility man like Klosterman and he's comfortable there. It means that you can get a decent balance of defence and attack. But every time he was on the ball, he was like Bambi on ice. And when you yeah, put a, yeah. it's it's like eleven aside on a Sunday. If if you ain't got a natural right back or someone who's pacey, you just stick an extra defender on the right and just hope he does his best. And you know this isn't Sunday league. This is a pretty decent German team that have recently won the World Cup. Um, and you know Thomas Muller, amazing player, but he just wasn't up to it, was he? He was quite static. He's, he wasn't, you know, making bombarding runs into the box as he usually does. And then you look at Kai Havertz, not having the best season. Why is he starting there? And Leroy Sane not getting any minutes. 
Yeah, like, I, I, I love Sane. I was hated seeing that, to be honest with you. Mario yeah. Gertz are coming on us. I saw a decent meme about that, actually. Do you know the um, Ian Wright thing where he sees his teacher and he's like, I thought you were dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just not been present at all. Yeah, um, yeah. And you just think, are these, again, relying on this whole fact that they're household names? Leon Goretzka only coming on in the 67th minute, but he's a notorious box-to-box midfielder for Bayern Munich and you know part of that integral absolute dominance domestically for Bayern Munich and you know they've recently won a Champions League and you know they get the best players so you know Gundogan had a good game fully rate him and Joshua Kimmich is just one of those world-class players but I, I honestly feel that their defense was just so poor like they got Kea a ex-PSG boy that you know arguably again is a utility man can play all along the back four Antonio Rudiger didn't look great you know that what the fuck is that run about at the end where he's running like Gru from fucking Spickle Me it's like what are you doing you absolute clown but um, it it just makes no sense to me there must just be something very clear and obvious that I'm missing but um, Japan should have really won 3-1 um, with the chances they had, uh, there was an amazing save from Manuel Neuer where he literally got fingertips to it and just goes to show how much of a a world class goalkeeper he is. But yeah. you know, you should be winning these games comfortably, and it's, yeah. it's embarrassing. It really well, is embarrassing, and, and and that links into something that you say they should need to win. You, you only play three games in this tournament, and it links in really nicely with their next fixtures because they've just lost their first game. Spain absolutely dominated against Costa Rica, who I think might end up being the whipping boys of this tournament. If they play like that, they definitely will be. But Germany's next game on the 27th is Spain. And we saw Spain, they look pretty good. Like now, They were a similar situation to us in that you're playing possibly, I'm not too sure based on, this, uh, on the rankings, but possibly the weakest or one of the weakest sides in the tournament. But the fact that they still got around the pitch all their players looked really good and they got seven goals at, at the end of it goes to show that they're not fucking about in the tournament. If Germany do lose to Spain and Japan win against Costa Rica, which I think they they should do, then that puts Japan on six points, Spain on six points, Germany are out. So they're out after two games and they they then got a game against Costa Rica to try and save face, but it's too little too late. Do you know what I mean? And that could be it for Germany. And, and they were a lot of people's teams that they were tipped to go on and win the tournament um or at least get or maybe not win it but you know go quite far in it you know if you got them in a sweepstake you'd be pretty fucking happy but nah, i mean yeah it, it could be curtains for him as soon as uh, it's the 27th sunday so yeah it could it could be could be all over for them by that point which is which is crazy to think you know i think it will mate because i honestly thought spain weren't going to do very well um i thought you know their golden boy Gavi, who won Golden Boy, quite undeservedly considering some of the there other talent that's currently going mm-hmm. on in in um, in Europe. But what a game! Pedri as well, another amazing young talent. You can see why Barcelona have given them a lot of money and very long contracts. And I know in La Liga it's a a mandatory thing to give each player a a buyout clause um, or a release clause or whatever they categorise it as set to a billion because they just see them as you know they untouchable assets um and 
there's a lot of big names missing from that Spain squad. We see players like Ramos missing out. We see De Gea missing out. But you know, Costa Rica, it's only quite recently that they were battering teams in these kind of competitions. They've got a, a world-class champions, multiple Champions League winning goalkeeper in the net. And yeah, we don't expect them to win against teams like Spain. But at the same time, we don't expect Japan to be beating Germany. So, you know... If Germany can't turn up against a team like that, then they will get battered by Spain. And yeah, that's um, it. They'll, they'll run them off the park. Luis Enrique is an amazing coach, and so is Hans Flick. You know what I mean? He's he's amazing manager. He done bits with Bayern and kind of prematurely took the Germany job because you kind of think it's a as your career seeing curtains, you go and take this kind of role. But you know the selection there is just extremely poor for a, a very masterful tactician which again Hans Flick is but um, I feel like they're treating these first games though with not a lot of caution you know they go into it too casually and you know we see results like this I mean it's great to fucking see because what games we are seeing you know the Argentina upset and this one as well um, is, is just simply amazing but they'll definitely struggle against Spain now because how do, how do you improve that team? Looking at the bench, it, yeah. maybe start Leroy Sane. Julian Brandt's got a bit more creativity, a bit more pace. You know, Serge Nabry was just shit. You know, I mean, there was no other way he for was, it. He's, yeah. he's amazing for Bayern, and he's he's yeah. done absolute bits over the years. You know, fucking shit all over Tottenham in his own backyard. So, um, you know, yeah, something's got to change, though, hasn't it? Like, you know, whether 100%. you're drop, dropping people or changing structure or your tactics or something it has to change for Germany because like you've just said if Spain scoring seven goals they're bringing players off the bench like Morata who's picking up a goal and an assist Olmo looked <laughs> great so Ferran Torres like... I know it's but he, you know I guess it's because you know he has been a, I don't want to say their golden boy because he hasn't but he's always in and around the squad yeah, always yeah. for Spain always being passed around the big teams you know yeah, nice so he, laundering scheme that. Yes, but I mean the <laughs> fact that he's they've got him to come off the bench and they've got players who are coming out and you know they've got um, good youngsters as you've pointed out. So they've they've got a good squad and you know we, we can all remember the Spain of the you know Xavi Iniesta, Fabregas, Davis, and all that lot who won back to back Euros and a World Cup in between. You know it's not that level, but it's certainly looking a lot better for Spain because after that they sort of dropped off a bit, didn't they? And got knocked out and they got beat five one by Netherlands that time and. It all sort of fell apart for Spain after being so successful. So maybe this could be a time where they they do go go further on the tour. I don't see them struggling against the Germans, to be honest. I think it'll be an interesting game because Germany will obviously need to win it, so they'll come out with a sense of urgency. Spain will probably just play their normal game, and I just think they'll pick them off. They've just got too much creativity in that midfield and and players that clearly know where the back of the net is. So um, yeah, Germany, I don't know, could be could be they could be done in by the end of the week so and sorry end of the weekend so yeah interesting for that for them so um so yeah that's and yeah like i said we've got week two of uh of the world cup coming up so be keeping a keen eye on that and back at home I had to go into the office a few times just because so i couldn't keep on top of it but i'll be got watching it. all the games yeah <laughs> I, I, to be honest there was i was good when i got there but then when i saw some of the games were a bit 
shit, weren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so week two, I feel like, like we've just said, there are teams that are going to that could potentially qualify. So they'll be wanting to get those wins. Hopefully, it'll be a bit better. Week three, maybe a little bit because you know if teams are through, they might rotate. It might be a little bit shit. But then there'll also be games where teams are desperately trying to win because they can still go through. And there might be a group like your Champions League group. Do you remember when it was like Marseille were through, then Frankfurt were through, then Spurs were through? There could be groups where it's a little bit like that. So it could be interesting going further into the tournament anyway. Um, Pure drama. Love it. And could be. It means the running for the knockout stage as well are more interesting. Um, yeah. You know, we we don't expect to see the likes of Japan go through to the I'd love to see a spot. Japan run through, you know, get through get through to the quarters or so. It'd be we've, amazing. We've seen stranger things happen. Stranger man. things um, have happened, yeah. You know, say Denmark, for example, everybody kind of wrote them off after what happened to Ericsson and you know, they went on to, to get to the semis, so Exactly. You know, ultimately the, these teams it's it's not what it's kind of taught me is to not look at the superstars. Yeah. Um you know, you, you really need to kind of just take note about how well they play together, how often have they played together. You know, like I said, with the England squad, very, very much so like the Welsh, the Welsh squad, that it's always the same close-knit group of players that are playing. And it's great to see because it's just pure, you know, they, they, they know how each other play. You know, I'm sure that, you know, Joe Allen could literally ping a ball to one part of the pitch and Gareth Bale's there just because he knows he's always there. Um, and it really does yeah. go a long way. So, um, yeah, just just more of these kind of games because I love seeing the Giants get absolutely fucked over by the small ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, more of the same, please. Um, so, yeah, I think we've just got time now for... only got the one question from uh, from Rich, who is definitely our biggest fan, by the way. He <laughs> loves it. Love you, Rich. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Sean, again, thank you, Rich. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, Sean, you've got it there, so do the honours yeah just going to say as well Rich hopefully you're supporting England tomorrow not the US knowing that you're uh, oh he, he will be you're over Definitely. there <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know give, give him shit if you can yeah um, he asked the standout player and the standout game of the World Cup so far so you go first mate yeah sure I just want to say one thing about Rich I think a few years ago England might have played the USA I think he let off a flare wearing an England shirt in his back garden so, <laughs> <Some boy. laughs> yeah, so lad. but uh, yeah I I think it's going to be pretty obvious really who I, France played Australia and Australia took the lead early doors good goal actually to be fair but then all of a sudden France turned it on and Mbappe just looked incredible um, assisted a goal scored a good header flicked one to Rabiot who put it through to Giroud and he just looks like he's into this World Cup to to win. Obviously, reigning champion. He knows how it how it is to to win the World Cup at such a young age, and um, yeah, for me, Mbappe looks great. France look great. Um, I think they're going to take some stopping. And as we mentioned earlier on, if we do end up with them in the quarters, it's it's going to be a really tough tough match with that attacking lineup. Even without Benzema, I know Giroud is not the same player as as Benzema in, in any way. But um, you know he knows where the back of the net is. I think that was his fifty-first goal for France. So that's not only a got bad his result, first but, um, call up when he was twenty-five as well. Exactly, and he beat the record held by Thierry Henry, yeah, which he, is just mind-boggling. Yeah. You know, I think what, he, he equaled he it, didn't he? So he could he could go. Well, I, I'm fairly confident he'll go on and do it at this tournament, to be honest. But to even equal it, uh, as you said, to what is he? He's thirty-six. So he's been around the national side for eleven years, but. Yeah, still, you know, to get your first call up then and to go on and get fifty goals is 
when you have the likes of Benzema, I know he wasn't always in the squad. I think he fell out of something happened, didn't it? And let's not go into that. But yeah, um, to go back to the question, Mbappe, France, they just look pretty terrifying at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, man. Uh, for me, it's a little bit of a biased, but um, I think Richarlison will probably end up with the um, yeah. the, the golden boot for the competition, purely because Brazil have never really had a, a poacher. They've always had like very technical, flamboyant players across their, you know, the, the front four positions, and you know he's not a natural finisher for Spurs at all. You know, fucking hell, this this season just goes show, but he's definitely a big game player. He, he loves the occasion. He gets in players' heads. He, he's quite headstrong with that, and you know, us, you know, we've seen him score two headers against Marseille in the Champions League for Spurs, and you know, he, he just. He has these big moments where he's just in the box, his his head's switched on in the right places, and you know if he can stay fit, because that's probably his biggest issue with his game at the moment is just staying fit and being available. Um, you know the fact of the matter is, if he drops out of that team, there's three or four equally as good players ready to take his position and do, you know, yeah, similar their bench jobs. is scary, isn't it? It really. You see is. Martinelli come on, you think fucking hell. You see Anthony come on. You know, Rodrigo, another big game player, getting two goals against, you know, your lot and, you know, yeah, having a great yeah, game yeah. against Liverpool. So it's it's scary to see. And, you know, obviously it's going to be Brazil for me, the, the standout team, because it was just pure liquid football. Um, ironically enough, when Neymar came off is when they really turned it on. And it was the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. But, um you know they can bring on players like that. I think they made four attacking changes, and then they took uh, Paqueta off for Fred. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Fred came on and just kind of held it all together. And just thinking, Jesus, this this is a team that you don't want to come against because you look at their bench. Then you've got Edison, Alex Tellers, Fabino, Bruno, Dani Alves, Militao. Yeah, it's a pretty. pretty you know what I mean? Like, there it's pretty is, good, isn't it? They, yeah. they could. That's an equally as strong team if they started all those players in the same positions. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they were playing as well, I don't know whether they've been looking at Pep's style of play, but Alexandra and Danilo. I know Danilo used to play for your lot, but they were so central. They just kind of squeezed the middle and just became inverted wing backs, and it was then just pure passing the ball obviously got this amazing ability on and off the ball more so on the ball to just drop the shoulder nothing fancy and they can just get around someone and that was happening with Thiago Silva who's 38 and goes against this whole argument of being oh you know why are you starting all your old players you know what I mean he's he's an exception <laughs> to the to the rule yeah, essentially he's he's, he's, incredible, he's different yeah. gravy any but yeah it, for me Richarlison if he can stay fit He'll get that service, and honestly, the goal he scored. If you ain't watched it, go watch that goal. Amazing technique. Yes, yeah, didn't it's even awesome. look at where yeah. he was kicking the ball, but it was in the back of the net. And I mean, even the first one just it came at him so quickly, and he just manages yeah. to to bully the defender, gets in front of him, and just put you know, kicks it towards the goal. There was no real mm. technique in it. It just get it towards the goal in any way that I can. So yeah, brilliant. If we can uh, avoid them, that that's the team as well. I would definitely want to avoid. I'd rather France over over Brazil. 100%. Yeah, th I think it, they were the favourites. We were looking at the we looked at the odds, didn't we, in the previous podcast? And I think it was uh, Brazil. France, Argentina, England. So, I mean, we're still classed as, classed as you know, one of the favourites. 
Um, but yeah, I agree with you. He was incredible. They they all played pretty well. Um, because Serbia, you know, there's no slouches. They they have some good players. Milinkovic Savic is a cracking player. Tadic and, as well. Yeah, Amazing. they've got some good players, but they just they were just different gravy, weren't they, on the night? And as you pointed out, yeah, Richarlison does look very good, and he's one of a handful of players now that have they've got two goals in the tournament. So could potentially be up there for the golden boot if they get quite far. And as you said, stays fit. So so yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, really good performance from him overall. So um, yeah, I think we'll. We'll round it up there. We'll um, obviously continue watching the games and uh, get some more content out there as soon as possible. But um, yeah, thanks very much, Sean. That's great. Yeah, no worries, mate. All the best.